Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Dr. Melissa Lem is a Vancouver family physician and director of Park Prescriptions and president-elect of the Canadian Association of Physicians for the Environment. And she is an internationally recognized expert on the nature health connection. Park Prescriptions is an initiative of the BC Parks Foundation, driven by healthcare professionals who want to improve their patients' health by connecting them to nature. Please enjoy my chat with Dr. Melissa Lem. Dr. Melissa Lem, thank you for joining. Let's take this outside. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Marianne. We were connected through Bill Alt, who hosts a podcast called Northern Latitudes. Quick shout out to Bill. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. First of all, you are an expert on the nature and health connection. Where did this all start for you and your love of nature? If we're going really, really far back, I would say it starts in childhood. So I remember growing up in Toronto, in a suburb of Toronto, and it was a majority white neighborhood. And when I was very young, really, our family was one of very few racialized families who attended the school that I went to. And so I remember being bullied at school. Sometimes even people would call out things on the sidewalk when I would walk around my neighborhood. And it was really interesting kind of being in an area where you felt like you wanted to be at home, but you still felt excluded. And so I really found at school and at home in my father's traditional Chinese garden, in the park down the street, in the bushes on the playground, in the trees, that that was where I felt most like myself and and not bullied um, and safe. And so I really carried that idea through through my childhood, um, through my training. Eventually, as a family physician, um, my first job was in rural northern British Columbia, where I worked as a full-service rural family doctor, and it was pretty intense. Like, I delivered babies in the middle of the night. I was a new grad. I would deal with sick, acute inpatients on on my own and with a small team with no specialists, but I really, really loved the work. And I think part of the reason was because I was surrounded by this nature that I could use to de-stress over and over again. I had a row in the hospital garden where I could actually grow mescaline that I would pick for for dinner. And then if I was stressed out, I could just literally hop across the street and, and walk up a beautiful mountain trail. But it was moving back to Toronto when I really noticed that I developed a nature deficit. So after one or two years of working in Northern BC, which I absolutely loved, for family reasons, I moved to downtown Toronto. And suddenly all I could see instead of mountains and bears walking across my driveway and forests at my front window, I could just see concrete and glass and a little square of sky with the CN Tower in it and a tiny bit of a green hill underneath. And I still remember standing there looking out at that little square of sky and hearing streetcars rumble by and feeling incredibly stressed and thinking, why do I feel so stressed? Even though the work here is so much easier, there are specialists on every corner and I should be less stressed because the work is easier. And then it it hit me at that moment that I was missing nature. And so what I did was I sat down at my computer, which we know is not so good for us, but I did it anyway because I had a question I wanted to answer. And the question was, is there an evidence base behind this intuitive feeling 
that I had that nature was what was good for my brain and good for my mental health. And all of these studies popped out that I, I had no idea about describing the health benefits of nature for a variety of different conditions from chronic diseases to different mental health conditions. And I thought, wow, this is something I did not learn in medical school. This is something I had no idea about, even though I loved nature and wanted to connect to it my entire life. I need to make it my mission to share this with my colleagues, to make sure the public knows about this, make sure decision makers know about this so they can enshrine it in policy. And fast forward a few years, I moved back to BC, which I loved, and connected with the BC Parks Foundation, which started operations in 2018. And then together we launched PARX, or Park Prescriptions, Canada's National Nature Prescription Program in November of 2020. But it really took that journey from a child who felt who felt excluded, but really connected and safe in nature to a physician who had a nature deficit to connecting with an organization that could really help make this nature prescription program happen that resulted in our launch. Of course, I want to talk about Park Prescriptions and PARX. However, uh, there's a couple things from your beautiful story you just told that I want to dive into a little bit. Mind my ignorance. Tell me more about the Chinese garden. What does that look like? What does that smell like? What is What is that? It was really my dad's version of a Chinese garden. So it wasn't this, you know, these ornamental Chinese gardens that we uh, we often visit. We have a beautiful one called Sun Yat-sen Garden here in Vancouver, but it was a tangle of life. So he was a very early environmentalist without having that label. So he would recycle everything, save everything that he could find and use it to create this garden. And so I remember there were kind of fence links that he had up he had all kinds of string and twine and and different kind of these, I guess they would be tomato uh, stands, I suppose, that he used to kind of support the melons that he would grow on. We grew goji berries, um, Chinese greens, huge amounts of garlic chives. There were moths fluttering among these yellow flowers, I remember, of the Chinese greens and just almost everything you can imagine. But it wasn't just Chinese vegetables and it wasn't just Chinese um, fruits. It also had a lot of kind of Western vegetables and fruits too. So we had gooseberries. There were cherry tomatoes, which we always had way too many of. So we would always <laughs> bring them to our neighbors. Just almost anything you could imagine. I remember trying to grow corn one year and it didn't really work very well. But there were all kinds of different experiments. My dad was always launching with the vegetables in his garden and using everything he could to make sure that it grew well. Uh, something that comes up over and over again on this podcast and something I notice is the nature deficit. If you're someone who's outside quite regularly, you don't notice how beneficial it is on a daily basis. You notice when you're missing it. So I found it super fascinating when you, when you were saying you're back in Toronto and you're like, why do I feel so bad? <laughs> like, why don't I feel good? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of like that Joni Mitchell song, right? Big Yellow Taxi. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So I do notice though, when I'm in a city for a long period of time, I've been lucky to live. So here in Vancouver, I live in a very, very green area. Um, we're seven blocks from the beach and they're beautiful forests, very close within walking distance from my home. But when you're in a city for long enough, you almost forget that you need nature sometimes and you forget how good you feel when, when you're in it. I mean, I think different people have different levels of sensitivity to their environments. And for me, I think I really need to be able to slow down, to connect, to see green, to not just see concrete and glass everywhere and be surrounded by busy people. There are some people who could feel very comfortable, I think, in urban environments, but not know how much better they could feel if they were in green spaces. So it, it really varies from person to person. 
Talk to me more about Park Prescriptions because this is a really cool initiative that you've started. PARX or Park Prescriptions is an initiative of the BC Parks Foundation. And I think I mentioned we launched in November of 2020, Mm -hmm. starting in BC, and then we've rolled out across the country since then. So we just finished our final provincial launch in Newfoundland and Labrador, which is really poetic because we started on the West Coast and we ended on the East Coast. So now physicians, nurses, and other regulated healthcare professionals in every province in Canada can prescribe nature through our program. So if you're a regulated health professional, you can register on our website, www.parkprescriptions.ca, and then we'll send you a nature prescribing toolkit with a customized nature prescription file that you can use with your unique provider code to prescribe nature and log those prescriptions on our website. And we have a standard recommendation that people spend at least two hours in nature each week and at least 20 minutes each time to maximize those health benefits. And it's in fact based on some really recent evidence that came out about nature dosing, which coincidentally happened right before our launch in 2019. What counts as nature time? Like, are we talking about walking in the local park? Are we talking about mountain time? What are, like, what are you saying specifically? Because obviously people have access to different, I'm putting nature in quotations here and what that means. This is a really good question. And in fact, The study um, that I mentioned that speaks to the at least 20 minute per nature episode dosing really illustrates this concept well. So according to a lot of the research, nature is what you make of it. So if you feel like you've had a meaningful experience in nature, you can see those health benefits. So that study looked at about three dozen adults over the course of two months, and they asked them to have a self-defined nature experience in an area that made them feel like they had a meaningful experience in nature at least three times per week and for 10 minutes or more. And they measured their cortisol or primary stress hormone levels. And they found that after those self-defined nature experiences, that their cortisol dropped over 20% each time compared to non-nature experiences. But again, it was self-defined. So if you can feel like you're connecting to nature in a community park or even in your garden in your backyard if you're lucky enough to have one by the ocean it doesn't have to be green space it can be blue space too you, you can see those health benefits hi i'm steve yurko and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast for kids flashback Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson. Can you describe the biggest links between nature and the healing benefits? There are a number of explanations for why nature is one of the best things we can do for our brains. There are two psychological theories. One of them is called attention restoration theory, and this was coined by the Kaplans. And what it says is that 
our brains only have a finite capacity for focus and attention. And when that gets overrun in busy urban environments that have so many different distractions we need to navigate around, that that fatigues our powers of attention and increases irritability and just makes us tired. Whereas when you spend time in green environments, this is a source of soft fascination. So nature is interesting, but it doesn't force us to constantly direct our attention to navigate around obstacles. And this replenishes our powers of attention and reduces that fatigue and irritability. The second theory is called stress reduction theory. And this was coined by Ulrich. And what it says is that when we're exposed to stressful situations, spending time in and around nature allows us to recover faster from the stress. And this speaks to how humans evolved in nature. If you think about it, early humans who were, who were in biodiverse areas had everything that they needed to survive and be calm. So this included food sources, water sources, trees that they could use for shelter or climb up to look out for predators or figure out where their community was going to move next. So really, this preference for biodiverse areas is hardwired into our brains. And these nature-loving genes have been passed on to future generations. And there are other scientific bases for why nature is good for us that have more to do with biochemistry. So there are these volatile organic compounds called phytoncides that plants and trees release. So if you think about how a cedar forest or a pine forest smells on a warm day, you're, you're smelling phytoncides. And studies in humans and also in test tubes have shown that, that cells and people exposed to phytoncides express higher activity of natural killer cells, which fight off viruses and bacteria, and also higher levels of immuno, immunoproteins. So that smell of nature is directly boosting our immune systems as well. And then you think about on a microscopic level, how nature is good for you when you touch it and when you get those healthy bacteria on your skin and within your digestive system that helps modulate your immune system in a healthy way such that you're not overreacting and having all kinds of allergies. The hygiene hypothesis says that kids who, who grow up in really sterile environments not connected to nature tend to have more allergies because their immune systems just get bored and look for unhealthy things to do, like getting allergic to things. So from your brain to your toes, to your nose, to your ears. There are so many different ways that nature is good for us from a scientific basis. Say that word again, the phyto, uh, say the word again. Phytoncides. Phytoncides. Okay. I feel like it's directly related to a word or it is exactly the word. I'm thinking of like fall when like that, like that freshness of fall, that's very distinct. Is that what that is? So the interesting thing about phytoncides is that they're not good for insects and fungi. You know, um, <laughs> these are actually compounds that plants release to make sure that they don't get infected or eaten. But when it comes to humans breathing them in, it's actually good for us. Of course, you know, if you bathed in phytoncides, it probably would be very good for you, but just breathing in low levels is good for you. But it's, it's the smell of nature. It's that kind of piney smell that you can smell, that evergreen smell when you're in a forest. When people are coming in and then you're prescribing this to them, what are they coming in for? Are they coming in for anxiety, stress? Like when you're writing the prescription for this, what are you relating it to when people are coming in and telling you their story? The majority of patients I prescribe nature to are for mental health reasons. And in fact, we just completed our first prescriber survey. And my colleagues also tend to prescribe the majority of nature prescriptions to people for issues like anxiety, depression, and stress. And really, this is quite in line with the evidence. The most evidence for the benefits of nature time really have to do with research that has to do with mental health benefits in adults and kids. There's also a fairly significant amount of research that looks at the impact on chronic diseases because we know that high stress, in fact, because of that cortisol release and all kinds of negative fight or flight hormones that are released when you have chronic stress, 
we know that that, for example, increases the risk of high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, and even certain kinds of cancers and worse prenatal outcomes. So there is a fair amount of emerging evidence as well around more physical health conditions, not just mental health. Can you also remind us the recommendation to the general population for nature dosing? So the recommendation in our program is to spend at least two hours in nature each week and at least 20 minutes each time. And that two-hour guideline was based on a study that came out in 2019 from the UK, and it looked at close to 20,000 adults, and they asked them how much time they spent in nature recreationally per week, and then controlled for a number of different confounders like their income and, and that sort of thing. And then they found that they reported significantly higher health and well-being when that nature time hit 120 minutes per week or greater. And it's also really convenient because within Canada and many other countries around the world, the guideline for exercise is in fact two and a half hours of moderate or physical activity per week. And so if you think about spending a lot of that exercising time possibly outdoors or or not even exercising because you get those benefits of nature, even if you're just at rest sitting in nature or looking at it, it just lines up really conveniently with what we already do as physicians and what we already already recommend in terms of other uh, lifestyle interventions. I have to ask, you know, obviously you're, you're writing these prescriptions for people to spend time outside and connect with nature, but you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> so I'd love to know, how do you make time to get outside and make sure, obviously you said it's, it's very convenient for you, but still like, how do you make time to get outside and, and do what's best for you and which is also best for your family, right? Marianne, I make sure that nature time is a non-negotiable. So even if it's a half hour walk with my family. So I have a seven-year-old son and he now bikes really, really well. And so for a long time, the walks that we would take, it would be quite slow because he would just be walking. But now he's, he's zooming along on his bike and we're walking briskly after him. And like I said, the beach is uh, seven blocks away from my home. So we walk along the seawall and make sure that we get our nature time there. And then on the weekends, we, we make sure we go for longer hikes to get a bigger dose of nature. Because I really do notice that I think more clearly, I feel calmer when I've spent more time in green spaces. And that's what keeps me going back is that intuitive sense. And also knowing that the research backs that up, it's, it's something that I have to do. Otherwise, I don't feel as healthy as I could be. Where do you find you feel most connected? Because you have mountains, you have ocean, you have kind of everything out there. So for you, where do you feel like the most grounded, the most connected? I'm actually getting goosebumps just thinking about where I feel the most (laughs) grounded. Thank you for that question. It is in an old growth, temperate coastal rainforest. And that is in (laughs) fact where I fell in love with nature as as an older youth. Um, I came out to BC for the first time after grade 12 for a summer camp. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Toronto and had never seen mountains, had never seen massive trees and, and slugs. I remember thinking everything here is so big, like the ocean, the bodies of water, everything. And just looking up at these huge mossy trees and thinking, wow, this is where I want to live. When I grow up, this is where I want to be. And so I feel really fortunate to have come back here. But just that sense of awe I feel when I'm looking at or, or even touching a mossy tree and, and smelling the, you know, smelling the, the fresh air and knowing that it's good for me, that's really where I feel most calm, I would say, in a, in a beautiful mossy forest. 
I always joke that a mossy rock is like my favorite nature feature. So I'm so glad that you, you said mossy tree, but I'm so glad that you were confirming for me how wonderful it is to like touch a mossy rock or tree or Mm -hmm. that tactile sense. It just, it's so, it's like a carpet and natural carpet. It's so pleasing. Please remind us where you can find all your information for PARX or Park Prescriptions. This is the coolest initiative. I'm so glad that I was able to discover and share it with my audience. If you are a potential prescriber or a patient who just wants to learn more about the health benefits of nature, you can check out our website at www.parkprescriptions.ca. And if you're Francophone and you're in Quebec, we in fact have a French language website and that's www.prescri-nature.ca. So you can check out either of those and learn more about the health benefits of nature. Dr. Melissa Lem, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And I'm a little jealous that you're out in Vancouver, but Ottawa is pretty great too. (laughs) Come visit sometime. I went to med school there. So happy to show you the forest and the oceans anytime you're in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. For more Let's Take This Outside, go to letstakethisoutside.ca. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy catch us on on the the dean blundell network or on our youtube channel or wherever you get your podcasts because democracy democracy is something something you do. do produced and distributed by the sound off media company